Amen. You know, it occurs to me that everybody is pro-choice. As long as it's their choice. <laughs> Does anybody, everybody agree with me? Hey, I'm pro-my choice all the time. It's those other people with their choices that's a problem, not me. <sighs> we got the problems with being pro-choice. And I'm not talking about the political thing, although I could, because if politicians can say thoughts and prayers, I can say laws and policies. It's only fair. Stay in your lane, politicians. Go do some laws and policies. Leave the thoughts and prayers to the professionals. <laughs> now, we have trouble with the pro-choice movement, or pro-choice of not of our own choices, but of other choices. And today's Juneteenth, and we'll be talking about that in a little bit. And that's a lot about choices. We look at all the choices that are, are, that are coming up before us. Well, maybe. Folks will make, use the Lord, lies, and law to make their choices, the choices for everyone. Lies, the Lord, and law. Look what Martha did. She comes right out. Now, does she go to Mary saying, Mary, Sister Mary, how about give me a hand? Give Mary the choice. No, she goes to the Lord and says, Jesus, you make her do what I want. You know, that's the best kind of sermons, best kind of religion. What is that? The kind that make other people do what we want. I mean, it's the next best thing to being God. If we can get Jesus on our side to make other people do what we want. And more and more people are saying that. You know, they do want to take away choices of other people and say, there's only one way to heaven and that's my way. It's a narrow road and I'm at the head of the line. Arrest you get back there in single file. We have so much trouble with choice now. When people make choices, no, we don't have choice, choice. We like our own. We have trouble with other people's choices. Huge issues and troubles with some choices and some with not. Do you know there's people that, uh, all the kids have left mostly. I think there's one back there sleeping. But you know, you know the, the big thing now is uh, supposedly drag queens are a threat to our children. Uh, suppose that. Well, I want to tell you, I don't know. I haven't done a particular scientific study, but I am pretty sure that compared, comparatively, men in dresses are a lot safer for children than men in chemo. Why don't we outlaw dressing in camouflage and carrying guns instead of outlawing high heels and sparkly nice dresses? Which one is, which, how many drag kings have gone into a school and killed children? I'm saying zero. 
You know, we're only talking about the old trans, and, and, and not all drag kings are transsexuals, but we're only talking about 0.6 of the population. 0.6, and we're all bent out of shape. What do we care what somebody else wins? i tell you why. We don't know how to treat them. I mean, should we oppress them? I mean, they look like a woman. They should be oppressed then, right? Well, they, but they're a man. We're just all confused, us men, us white lorded over men I mean, that's a real problem we don't know whether or not to oppress them so we go ahead and do it anyway choices you can't choose to dress that way can't choose I'm old enough to remember when the big deal about long hair I meant can't tell whether it's a boy or a girl I go why is that so important to you <laughs> what are you planning <laughs> Well, why, why does that mean? I don't know. It's a little strange. Choices. Now, there's a lot of folks that will tell you about this scripture. It is a little confusing scriptures. Jesus is kind of cryptic here. He's talking about better choice and best part. Ooh, what does that mean? You know, some people will tell you it is about uh, a commentary on the traditional role of win, win, women in the home. Some people will tell you that. And there's other people that will tell you that, that it's putting down, and, and this, is, this is big time. This is like Calvin and Mr. Eckhart. Uh, those are big thinkers in the church. They don't like this because they think that somehow that Jesus is putting down service. And that is the official word for service right there in Scripture, the old deacon word. You know that one? The one we get deacon for, for service? That's right there. And, and some, some people like Calvin and commentators and Mr. Eckhart, who's a big thinker, uh, says, uh, we don't like that. He sounds like he's putting down service and, uh, and lifting up study. And uh, we don't like that. Some people say that. Some people tell you that, that it, it is about a distraction. Oh my, that's a great sermon on this scripture about distraction. You know, about because it says in there, uh, distraction is actually the Greek word for concerned about many things. A lot of things. And I tell you, last night at Bishop, you know, I wander around Bishop at night, lock up your children, warn your neighbors. But I, I'm back there. And I'm at, I'm at, you know, you got a lot of crosswalks and signals on that Main Street area, you know. And, and so I'm standing there being like a good California people, obeying crosswalks and pedestrians and things and all that. And across from me are eight people, eight people, various ages. Uh, and every one of them, to a person is you know waiting on the crosswalk you know so okay so the crosswalk changes the little trucking guy comes up and they're all beep, 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 you know and I go I mean they push the button so anyhow so I start walking across and then finally one of them look up from their phone and go oh you know by then it's the countdown you know you know the race the race clock is that what that is and, and they all, and so none of them cross the street. You know, they go, oh, that's our bad. Me, 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 back to the phone. <laughs> well, we got a little distracted from the sermon. You know, see how, see what I did there? The distraction. Then we get it. Ah, and so you can choose to find many sermons on this scripture if you want. So, and I will not take away your choice. 
So many meta jokes in this sermon. Yeah, okay, so, but today I choose, and it will not be taken away from me, to talk about choice here. Because that's what Jesus says. He says, Mary has made a choice, and I'm not going to take it away from her. And he also points out that Martha made a choice as well. He's not going to take away from Martha. This suggests to me that the important thing in this scripture is about people's choices. And that Jesus, not in the narrow political way, is pro-choice. There's more than one way to serve or to be with Jesus. And he preserves our choices. So if we're about what Jesus is about, we're about enabling people to make choices. And that is a danger in our country. Where some people don't want to hear about other people's choices. Have you heard about the election? Elections are great. Elections have consequences. Yeah, we heard all about that. But when election doesn't go to our boy, oh, it doesn't count. It's fake. Got to be recounted until we get the right word, the right one. Until we get my own choice. We're okay with votes and choices as long as it all agrees with us. But somehow it agrees with someone else. Oh, my gosh. It shouldn't be allowed. It's fraud. Oh, my gosh. How disgusting. How any Christian. Choice shall be not taken away from them. And then today is June 19th, the most extreme Part of not having choices, taking away choice from people. Slavery! June 19th, 1865, the end-ish of the Civil War. It, it, back then, they didn't have, uh, you know, Twitter and uh, Internet and all that. So when the war was over, it took a while for people to get the word. Um, but two years before this, President Lincoln said, all the people in the places that aren't listening to me anymore your slaves are free. Well, does that help anything? I don't know, you know. But it was there. The Emancipation Proclamation. All those states that are in rebellion against the United States, the slaves are here for forever free. But Lee was defeated, at, uh, defeated in April of 1865. That was kind of the end of the, of, the, of the Civil War, the war between the states. And that was supposed to be the end of slavery because, you know, they're gone now. Uh, but Texas didn't get the word, didn't want the word, didn't want to listen. And uh, took the uh, troops to go down there and to go to Texas and tell them, hey, we got the army here and we say <laughs> there's no more slavery. That was on June 19th, uh, 1865. And last year, President Joe Biden made that a federal holiday. Today is a federal holiday uh, with proclamations and all that for June, for Juneteenth. To put together the June and the 19th. A second day of freedom, when folks of African ancestry of our black Americans got their freedom, kind of, sort of, at least got a promise of it, June 19th, 1865. And do you think about it, the opposite of having free choice, free will, determining what's going on with your life and where you're going and how you're going to be, the opposite of that is slavery. Slavery doesn't have choice. Slavery is different. Slavery says, slavery says uh, I make all the choices for you. You have to do what I say, what I want, what I want done. That's opposite of choice. That's anti-choice. 
Now, some people say that this scripture is about hospitality, and we kind of think of hospitality as, you know, tea and cookies and all the, I don't know if we got anything today, but uh, coffee, those kind of things. But hospitality really is making somebody else's choices your own. So it's kind of like reverse slavery, isn't it? Not as bad as or extreme, I don't want to equate the two, but I want to say it's a different mindset where you're concerned about what the other people choose, chose and you want to go with them. And so that's kind of like being a servant and that's kind of what Jesus is saying. The one who wants to be first among all must be servant of all. That's what Jesus was saying. So it's sort of anti-slavery, pro-choice, and not only just pro-choice of everybody gets their own, but I am going to honor other people's choice, and I'm going to listen to them, and I'm going to choice. Last night, I, you know, don't you just love me give you my itinerary of bishop? That's, I know you enjoy that. Uh, uh, so I go to uh, Giggle Springs. It's a ritual uh, there. Uh, I, I think I should have a little card or something, because because my dear wife uh, liked to have milk with her evening pills. And, and she doesn't have to, but it makes her happier. So and the cashier says, is that all you want? And I go, I don't want this at all. <laughs> I go, this is for my wife. You know, happy wife, happy life. And she goes, oh, yeah. And I get my milk and I go home. Not about hospitality. It's not about my choice, my desires, but about paying attention to other people's desires and choices and making them happen if you can. What did Jesus want, do you think, when he came to the house? I wonder what Jesus wanted. I wonder if Martha or Mary asked Jesus saying, hi, thanks for coming. Why'd you come? What, you, what can we do? What can we do for you? What would Jesus say? Jesus say, well, I would like a nice meal. Maybe. He's been known everywhere you go in Luke. Jesus is, is uh, going to a meal, having a meal, or just left a meal. One of those three. Everywhere you go, he's, he's on the way eating. So uh, maybe. Uh, but you think maybe he said, well, I came to talk to you. I came to talk to you about faith and life. and Maybe that's what. So maybe Mary was honoring Jesus' choices. What would the world look like if we actually honored and listened to one another choices? We have a video. It might work. Can we do the video? Uh, listen or arrange yourself as you will. This is from the movie Vince St. Vincent. Uh, our friend, uh, Mr. I may be saying that, Mr. Eckhart uh, said that if the only prayer you ever said was thank you, that would be enough. Um, maybe he's a student of the mystics there, Mr. Gaver. You see what went on there? <laughs> How many choices were in that room? There were a lot of choices. And still, they were able to say a prayer. And says, that does not excuse you from saying a prayer. And they said a prayer. All right, so that's what it might look like if we honored one another's choices. And we honored one another's uh, ways to God. And we honor one another's instead of trying for, uh, you know, to regulate the other person, to regulate the other, to uh, put him in a special dress code, or to be restroom police. Who in the world wants that job? 
You know, you know what you do? Oh, I got a tip for you. You know what you do if you're in a restroom and you think someone's using the wrong restroom? You know what you do? Do you know? Anybody, anybody you know? I'll tell you. Nothing! You do nothing! <laughs> they know where they're supposed to be. <laughs> That's the answer. You, their choice shall not be taken away from them. Uh, I, I love certain people. I won't say who they are, but certain people say, well, we can't have that because women will get assaulted. I go, yuck, you care about women getting assaulted. You know they get beat up everywhere, including their own home. They don't have to go to a special little room to get beat up. They get beat up everywhere. Why don't you do something about that? Oh, oh. These people are so clueless. They might get beat up. Where the heck were we? Okay, so choices. Anything you can do to expand people's choices, to honor the choices, and to be hospitable in the most truest, radical sense of the world, to figure out what is your choice, what is your need, what are you doing, and then listen and consider them, the better off we'll be and the more like Christ would be. Now, you know, you're going to say, well, everyone, well, all the time, not everything, not everything. Well, that, that is just, that's just always true but that's just more choices not everything's going to be that we're going to have to keep working and listening and and working and listening to each other we got to quit thinking that we're the only ones that know what's to do and that includes me uh, i uh i have a tech camp this week for the first time in two years i i get to have uh, 11 middle schoolers for an afternoon anyone a teacher here Oh my gosh, yeah, they're home resting. That's where they are. Yeah, they'll be back in September. Uh, but, uh, oh my gosh, you know, the middle schoolers are really big on fair. Anybody a parent? Anybody here, their kids talk about fairness? Did you hear about that? Yeah, maybe once or twice. It's not fair! It's not fair! It's the worst thing in the world! Oh, we put a stop to that. Christy had enough of that. And I tell them a story. Now, this is from Louis C.K. Talk about bad choices. Louis! He's, he's, he's got some bad choices in his history. Mm. Um, and I tell them a story that Louis C.K., he got fed up with them. Uh, cereal bowls. Uh, it, they, the kids got down to the, I think, the gram of how much cereal each of them got. I mean, I think they may have had electron microscopes to look at that. And they would look over and see if the other one's got a little bit more of the sugary pop or whatever, and then yell and fear, and you know, oh my gosh. And he said, finally stop. He goes, okay, from now on, the only time you look in your neighbor's bowl is to make sure they have enough. And I tell my kids that. The only time you talk to me about fear is if you don't think the other person has enough. And they think I'm kidding. <laughs> and so they try me on it, because they're kids. That's what they do. And they come up, and they say, it's not fair. I go, oh, thank you so much for bringing that. How much of your stuff do you want to give to him to equal it out? Because you are talking that they don't have enough, because remember the rule. If you say it's fair, it's about another person not having enough, or that you have too much and you want to share. Is that true? No, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if we went around yelling it's not fair, but it was about the other person? It was about their choices and 
their ways of doing things. <sighs> my, uh, my daughter's a teacher. Um, hope so. I mean, she's between jobs right now, I hope. She's a teacher soon again. But, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I was so upset about that previous. I forgot about that. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, what do you call people in jail? You call them criminals? You call them bad people? You know what she calls them? She calls them people that made poor choices. Why is so-and-so in jail? People that made poor choices. That's, that's what they are. And you guys make choices every day, and some people make, adults make poor choices, and they go to jail. And that's what happens. And she got a note, uh, a tearful note, uh, or, or a call or something that uh, say, thank you so much for that from a parent. My child's father's in prison, and we've been so ashamed, and he never knew what to say, and I never know what to say to him. And now we have something to say. He made a poor choice. And we hope he chooses better in the future. So yeah, there are poor choices. There are choices that aren't good. Yeah, but that doesn't mean we take it away and that we know best for everyone else. I hope that we can look at one another's choices and make sure there's enough for everyone. And together, <laughs> we can get together and pray and say, thank you, God. Thank you for all this. Amen.